1: Good morning everybody in Chicago. It is here in 670 The Score. You are listening to Early Odds and this is not Joe Ostrowski. This is Cody Decker filling in for Joe Ostrowski for the morning. Thank you so much for joining me on your Saturday morning. We got a lot of sports to talk about. Listen, we got a lot of gambling to talk about, especially on the baseball side. We have a full slate. Of Major League Baseball games, we're gonna have good old Joe Giglio joining us at 8:30, talking all things NFL and the futures going on over there, especially taking place in the AFC South and the end of. Oh man, the Baker Mayfield situation is fascinating because it is affecting lines immediately. And of course, joining me today, my man Caesar. Caesar, how you doing, brother?
2: Doing good. Just uh, trying to deal with everything going on behind the scenes here.
1: Oh, man, you ain't lying. man. Because keep in mind, I'm in Southern California, and I get a text at 5 a.m. from this guy. Just say, hey, man, we're having some technical difficulties. I'm like, love it. Let's get to work, baby. Oh, man. Well, listen, I'm fired up to be here. I cannot wait to talk. A little bit of horse racing later, of course. We got Jim Miller from horse, Hawthorne Racetrack coming on to talk a little bit about horse tra- horse racing. And you know what's great about that? See, and this is the honest god truth with me, I don't know much about horse racing. So I'm looking forward to having him on to more or less give me and hopefully everybody in Chicago a quick tutorial on what's going on over at the Hawthorne Racetrack and get all the information we need on some horses, man. I've always wanted to do some horse racing. I used to as a kid. Go to a Santa Anita track here in Los Angeles, especially on like uh, we used to always go around Mother's Day, and yeah, we play some bets. I always played the uh, place the best bets on the six horse because six was my lucky number at the time, and that was about all I knew about horse racing. But you know what? But you know what I know a lot about Major League Baseball. You have an outrageous amount of games today, and the full slate of games today starts with the Chicago White Sox. Man, I don't want to talk about. Them. There's nothing else I want to say about the White Sox other than I don't want to say anything about the White Sox. They're bad. It's awful. There's no excuse for this team to be as bad as they've been. And right now, you know, their future odds are not even that bad still. Still, to this exact moment, you can still get the White Sox to win their division because they're still only in third place in their division. In fact, looking up the the statistics right now and checking out the standings right now, I should say, Looking at the White Sox, they're only, what, six games back of first place. The Minnesota Twins are not amazing. They're not. They're fine. They are a decent ball club. They're 47-38. and 38. They have a 5.53 53 winning percentage. In the worst division in Major League Baseball, mind you. The Guardians? They're at 500. They're four and a half games back. What can we say about the White Sox that... Well, I mean, they're currently four and a half back of a wild card spot. And keep in mind, there is an extra wild card. And they're not going to be sellers at the deadline. They're going to be buyers. They have to be. Their window to win is now, pretty much. And they're not winning. Pretty frustrating. Another loss yesterday to the Detroit Tigers, who, by the way, have 35 wins on the season. They've taken two in a row on the White Sox. And the White Sox, right now, again, if you want to take a look at their odds right now, To win, forget winning their division. Let's see what it is to win the pennant. Because at the beginning of the year, they had the second highest odds preseason behind the Los Angeles Dodgers. They were above the New York Yankees, who are currently sitting at one at plus 400. They were just behind the Dodgers, who are currently number two at plus 450. Astros weren't even in the top five. Well, they are number three at plus 550. And of course, looking down the road, 33 to one. To win it all is the White Sox. That's a massive drop from the beginning of the season. That is completely tearing down expectations for what this team was supposed to be. It's frustrating. Can they win their division? I think they can. I do think they can win their division. Once they get out of their division, I mean, what what possibly can they do? Because keep in mind, their division isn't very good, and they do have a favorable schedule. And I mentioned they're six games back. They still have, like, six games against the Twins before the All-Star break. There's a potential for big swings here for this team. And I don't want this team—I mean, of course, I want this team to be in first place by the All-Star break, but it's not feasible. Six games in that amount of time is—is it possible? Yes, it's going to take a Twins collapse, a Guardians collapse, and the White Sox to go crazy— it's not out of the realm of possibility, but it is more in the realm of possibility to maybe gain three games in this amount of time, if they can. I don't think they can at this point, because look at them. They're dropping games <laughs> They're dropping games left and right to the Detroit Tigers. They're getting shut down by the Detroit Tigers. Very, very frustrating to watch indeed. But right now, if you want to take a flyer on the White Sox to win their division, they have the second shortest odds. Plus 175 to win the AL Central. Again, the AL Central is dreadful. Look at these records right now. The Twins, they're in first place. 47-38. Not a bad record, but definitely not running away with it. Guardians, 40-40, as I mentioned. White Sox, 39-42. and 42. There's just no excuse. Tigers, 35-47. and 47. They're just nipping at the heels of the White Sox at this point. And the Royals. Boy, the Royals are bad. 30 and 51. Although the Royals, believe it or not, are going to affect some futures odds. They really are. And I'm not talking game to game, I'm talking about the trade deadline. These guys are going to affect a lot of lines going forward because they have trade pieces, good ones. Andrew Benatendi, he is not going to be a Royal for much longer. I think he's going to be a Yankee. And he would be a great fit over there in the Bronx. Outfield, he's hitting 320, gets on base. Also, that short porch and right field, basically basically how Anthony Rizzo has resurrected his career in the Bronx, that's what's going to happen to Andrew Benatendi if he goes over there. Andrew Benatendi will be phenomenal with the Yankees. Gets on base, left-handed hitter, he will put out 20-plus home runs with that short porch and right. I've played with Andrew Benatendi, and this guy is a stud. He really is. Had a couple of down years, yeah, but I mean, this guy has all the talent in the world, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do in a different organization right now. You know, we already saw him win a World Series with the Red Sox. But taking a look at the slate of games, we mentioned the Detroit Tigers are starting with the Chicago White Sox today. That game taking place in just a few hours, in fact, early ball game today. Currently, you can take a look at the Detroit Tigers with plus money. They won two in a row. That's something I just want to point out. They got Garrett Hill on the mound. I'm, I don't know a lot about Garrett Hill. But I do know the White Sox should beat him. That's what I know. The White Sox are heavily favored in this ballgame. They don't deserve it, but they are heavily favored. They're currently a 176, just on the money line. So obviously there's no value to that. So stay away from that all you can. If you think the White Sox are going to put on a show finally, you think they're going to have a breakthrough ball game and win by a couple of runs, hey, there is value on the run line. Plus 120, hey, I'm leaning that direction myself, but I'm having it so much trouble. I'm just having a a devil of a time trying to bet on the White Sox right now. They're frustrating. They're inconsistent. And that inconsistency is very frustrating. And also the thing is, since this team hasn't been winning, I'm a little hesitant to want to go on the run line with them. If I were to make a bet on them, I want to take the money line. But sadly, there's no value on the money line. By the way, those of you listening right now, and if you guys have heard me in the past, you know I'm very, very, very big about the run line. I think the run line is way more, one, there's more value on run lines than money lines. And I know how some people try to tell you, hey, well, you don't want to always go on the run line because especially if a team's at home, then they might only get eight at bats, which is true. But if they only get eight at bats, it means they're in the lead which probably means they're in the lead by more than one. And why do I think that's going to be more than one? Well, let's just go through yesterday's slate of games. Let's see how many run lines came into play. Toronto, Seattle, run line. Uh, San Francisco, San Diego, run line. Houston, Oakland, run line. Detroit, Chicago, run line. Here you go. Here's a money line play. Pittsburgh and Milwaukee, only the money line paid out for the Milwaukee Brewers. Same with the Colorado Rockies and Diamondbacks. But keep in mind, I just gave you six uh, run lines and two money lines. Run lines hit a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. The majority of the games are not decided by one run. So always take a look at the run line. Run lines are awesome. I love run lines. Hey, Philadelphia, Kyle Gibson on the mound today, taking on St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, man, Dakota Hudson on the mound, and it's a borderline pickup. I liked Feely yesterday. I really did. I'm really glad to see that Wheeler got another win. And by the way, Wheeler is becoming kind of a Major League Baseball pitcher right now that we don't talk about a lot because we don't hold him in the same esteem as certain pitchers, and we, we we need to soon. It's getting to the point where Wheeler is staying out there healthy enough and pitching good enough performances that he's in like Garrett Cole territory. He actually is. But we don't talk about him like that. I don't know why that is. It's actually something that has bothered me for a little bit for the last few weeks. Because this guy, he's been good. In fact, he's been the only thing, he's been the only pitching mainstay for the last year and a half for the Philadelphia Phillies. Well, today it's a pick em. you can get the Phillies with Kyle Gibson on the mound on the road in St. Louis for minus 105 I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. I still like the Phillies. Even without Bryce Harper right now, this team is playing some pretty good baseball. Their defense isn't very good, and their pitching is suspect. But right now, they are just swinging the living hell out of it. Kyle Schwarber, man. Caesar, I'm not sure if you're hearing me right now, but I got to tell you, Kyle Schwarber... What he is doing is astonishing. I'm so glad he's staying. I hope he stays healthy. Because last year, I do think we were robbed of what Kyle Schwarber could really do last year because he was putting on such a June barrage. It's only rivaled by this year's June barrage. It's crazy what he's doing. And he's putting, he's honestly climbing the ranks on the MVP futures, but I think that's going to be kind of a flash in the pan. Do not, I don't think Kyle Schwarber is going to be able to do enough damage to get in the MVP futures. As far as getting, you know, toppling guys like Mookie Betts, toppling guys like Manny Machado. By the way, Manny Machado hit a three-run home run yesterday. Mookie Betts had a few hits. Mookie Betts hit two home runs the day before. Mookie Betts hit a walk-off single the day before that. Mookie Betts is going to be the NL MVP. By the way, I don't know how many more times I can say that but I want you guys to listen to me and take out a flyer on him because listen Mookie Betts is currently 12 to 1 to win the NL MVP he spent about 3 weeks on the IL this guy is going to put up monstrous numbers and you got to keep in mind it's not just the numbers you see yeah we love those numbers we love average RBIs we even love the OBPs we love the every single advanced stat you know weighted runs we we love WAR we love it all you have to keep in mind his defensive stats that you are not seeing every day are through the roof. He saves ball games defensively all the time. Twelve to one for Mookie Betts. This guy is as close to Mike Trout as it gets. I truly think a flyer on Mookie Betts is a smart, smart move right now. Uh, taking a look at other ball games, the Los Angeles Angels. Man, just fade them. I, I I'm at the point now where. This is all you need to say about the Angels at this point. Yesterday, the Angels had a three-run home run from Mike Trout. Yesterday, the Angels had a two-run home run from Shohei Ohtani. They lost 6-5. to five. What can you say about the Angels? They're impossible to gamble on unless Shohei Otani's on the mound. And Ohtani, by the way, is currently second in the MVP futures, and he, be- he belongs there. In fact... There's a lot of arguments that M- that he should be the MVP right now over Aaron Judge, and listen, it's hard to argue against it. I still think Aaron Judge right now is your MVP of the American League, and I know people are like, "Well, you shouldn't take in pitching pitching stats. Why not?" I'm not saying take in the strikeouts and all, but you have to factor in the pitching stats. Like, how can you not? They're defensive stats. We're talking about Mookie Betts and all his defensive metrics and how what he brings to a game. You can't just ignore on the pitching side, on the MVP side, on what Otani's doing. Otani right now is one of the top five pitchers in Major League Baseball. He's one of the top two hitters in Major League Baseball. Like, he's just, what he does, it's not real. And I love the comparisons to Babe Ruth because um, it, they're, it's a dumb comparison. Because Babe Ruth can't do anything Shohei Otani can do. Like anything. It's not the same thing. What Shohei Otani is doing has never been done. It's certainly not in our lifetime. But truthfully, it's never been done. Period. Right now, the Baltimore Orioles are playing really good baseball. And Dean Kramer, former Team Israel teammate in the World Baseball Classic. Well, he is on the mound today. And by the way, he has looked, he's looked really good. He's looked really good since he come back this year. He's got a sub-2 ERA. I've really liked him. And right now you get the Baltimore Orioles with a little bit of plus money, plus 105 against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, who have lost two in a row to the Baltimore Orioles already. Yeah, I'm going to take the Orioles. By the way, I think it's time for us to say it. The Orioles might be good. It might be real. The, the Orioles might not be bad. They might be in last place in their division, but last place in the AL East is like being in second place in the AL West speaking of which, who isn't second place in the AL West. Well, a team that I was huge on at the beginning of the season and I was saying at one point was the biggest disappointment in Major League Baseball. Now that's the White Sox. Congratulations White Sox. But over there in the West, the Mariners have managed to win a couple of ball games. The Mariners are playing pretty good baseball. I'm finding the Mariners to be a lot of fun to watch. I watched the game last night on Apple TV Plus. By the way, I love the games on Apple TV Plus. They look good, they sound good. Steve Miller's doing a really good job, as is Hunter Pence. Um, I, I gotta say though, oh man, the Mariners—they are—they are—they're exciting. Julio Rodriguez, who is currently at the top of the futures for Rookie of the Year in the AL side, oh boy, does he deserve it? This guy is good. This guy is exciting. This guy brings so much to the table. He is so fast. He is such a joy to watch, and I mean that—he's a joy to watch. And by the way, the Mariners are back over 500, 43 and 42. They're 13 games back for first place. They're not catching up to the Houston Astros. The Houston Astros are good, but they're only two games back of the wild card, and they've taken two in a row from the Blue Jays, who currently only won what? They've got one of the wild cards. In fact, they have the second wild card spot. I'm really digging the Mariners right now. And they've won a couple of games pretty big lately. Tonight, the Mariners got Robbie Ray on the mound, facing Alec Manoa. Now, I know what you're hearing here. uh, Oh, well, Robbie Ray hasn't been pitching well. Mm, Slow down. I got some news for you about Robbie Ray not pitching well, quote-unquote. Because Robbie Ray right now is pitching out of his mind. His last two starts, he's looked like Robbie Ray again. His last two starts, he has been carving guys and kaying ten a game and giving up no walks. And all of a sudden, he looks like last year's Cy Young award-winning Robbie Ray. Yeah, he's got a year total of a 3.62 ERA, but guess what? That ERA right now is higher is lower than it was last year at this point before he won the Cy Young. As of right now, Robbie Ray is having a better year than the year he won his Cy Young at this point. If he goes off the way he did last year, I'm going to start looking at those strikeout props. This is going to be a very interesting game because keep in mind, the Toronto Blue Jays are throwing Alec Manoa, who is also going to be at the very top of these Cy Young futures. He's currently listed fourth, and I think you can get him at plus 750. He's 9-3 and three with a 2-3-3 three, three ERA. What am I telling you about this game? Well, first things first, take the under seven and a half minus one ten. These are two of arguably the best pitchers in Major League Baseball, and they are gonna pitch gems today, and I cannot wait to watch this ball game tonight, oh, man in Seattle. By the way, I forgot how much I love Seattle Stadium. It's called T-Mobile now, but man, I love that place. I've only gotten to see a couple of games there. never got to play there. Only got to see games there, but man, that is a cool, cool stadium. Robbie Ray tonight, I'm going to probably take a look at his K-prop. I'm going to probably take a look at Alec Manoa's K-prop. I'm thinking about taking the Mariners for a third win in a row against the Blue Jays at plus 100, which is what it was at last night, as the Mariners made good work yesterday, scored some good runs, uh, taking down the Toronto Blue Jays. I like this Mariners team, man. Again, they're not going to win their division. They're not. They're not even going to come close, in fact. But they could snag one of those wildcard spots, which is all I want. I want this team to end this drought. They've been in a playoff drought for 20 years. The longest drought of any major team in any major sport. That's a tough stigma to be carrying with you. And you know what's also kind of weird and off-putting? Mariners have a good fan base, but for some reason, there were so many Toronto Blue Jays at that game last night. I was hearing equal amount of cheers for the Blue Jays as I was the Seattle Mariners. And it's, listen, as much as you can sit here and say, well, yeah, we, you know, Seattle's proximity, Canada, Toronto's on the East coast, man. It's not close at all. That's like saying, oh, well, you, you, yeah, I'm a huge, oh, dude, I grew up a huge Padres fan. Oh, really? That's awesome. Where in San Diego did you grow up? Tampa. Not the same thing. Cody, you think if Montreal
2: still had a team, they'd have the same type of following the way Toronto does still these days?
1: I think believe you know, as much as I want to say no, I'm gonna say yes. And here's why. Have you seen those Toronto game not Toronto, those Montreal games at the end of spring training every year?
2: Yeah, they get I mean that's what I'm saying. I, I feel like the, that fan base is still there. If they were to just put a team back there, they they would have this the fan base there to to go out and see them, you know?
1: Couldn't agree more. I love it. I, I, w- I would give anything for the Expos to be back season. Not only that, you know it's true. Every single old ball player that I had as a coach or a front office guy, whenever I would like talk to them about the old days and talk to them about their, their careers, I'd always ask them, hey, w- what's a place that you love to travel? And the first thing they always said, man, I miss Montreal. Montreal was the best. Everyone loved going to Montreal. And you know what? Montreal was really, really, really screwed over by not only the strike, but it was kind of everything. In 1994, they had the best team in Major League Baseball. They were going to the playoffs. They were likely going to the pennant. And they might have gone to the World Series. And then the strike ruined everything. Everything. But Caesar, yeah, I would love the Montreal Expos to come back. Dude, everybody's loving themselves some 90s and 80s nostalgia right now. You, what's more nostalgic in baseball than the Montreal Expos? Let's bring them back, dude. Not only the Expos. I think... We're talking about the A's moving over to Vegas. I'm not against it, obviously. I want a team in Vegas, but I'm starting to think, hey, what if the A's stayed and we get an expansion team in Vegas, we get an expansion team in Montreal, we add two new ball clubs, which Major League Baseball, quite frankly, needs to do. They need to add four new ball clubs. They haven't added uh, any new teams since, what, 1996, 1997, when we got the uh, Diamondbacks and the Tampa Bay Devil Rays at the time? uh, Yeah,
2: yeah. Okay. Dude. Yeah. I, I, I thought I had read Oakland's got their new stadium coming now, so they won't be leaving, right?
1: Not completely official yet, but there has been movement on the Oakland stadium. And by the way, it's not just a stadium. It's like a full-on bay development. It's They're talking a $22 billion project to kind of reshape the entire like face of Oakland. I'm that's not all, against that's it. That's all
2: Oakland has left, man. You can't take the A's from Oakland. It's That's all they have left, Cody.
1: They lost the Raiders, they lost the Warriors, and now they're going to lose the A's. Vegas is the new Oakland, and have you ever ever been to Vegas or Oakland? They're not the same.
2: I've been to Vegas. I have not been to Oakland, but I wouldn't imagine them being uh, too similar, no.
1: Yeah, I've been to to Oakland a few times. Keep in mind, I'm a diehard Raider fan, so when I was a kid, I used to fly up to Oakland all the time for Raider games, and um, I don't know what to tell you other than Oakland ain't Vegas. And if I'm an owner of a major franchise, I would much rather my team be in Vegas than Oakland because, quite frankly, if the A's move to Vegas, their IP intellectual property is going to triple overnight. Unfortunately, that's just the truth.
2: I've always thought uh, Nashville needs to get a baseball team. Right? That that's a prime. I know they have their minor league affiliate team, but uh, I, I've always wondered why there's not a major league team in Nashville.
1: Couple cities. Nashville's definitely on the list, and there is a group trying to put together an ownership uh, team to bring an expansion team to Nashville. There's another city, Portland, Oregon's another city. But even though they've had a bunch of failed AAA teams, um, another uh, good city, Charlotte, North Carolina, is a good one. Like they're they're major cities. But I agree with you in Nashville. At this point, Nashville, who did build a new stadium for their AAA team about eight years ago, that city is ready for a major league franchise completely. Couldn't agree with you more. I mean, there there is a lot of places that baseball should and could expand to. But I think the real plan, the real idea Major League Baseball is going for, and I think this is also the purpose of the World Baseball Classic, which they, by the way, just announced next year, 2023. I have not talked to Israel yet, but I would be willing to come out of retirement. Hint, hint. Hey. Um, but um, I'm, I, I don't know. I think the whole purpose of it is to expand Major League Baseball out of the states. I think the plan is to get a team in Mexico, maybe get a team in Puerto Rico at some point. I think, hey, Home Run Derby X is taking place today in London. I think Major League Baseball wants to get a team in London.
2: I think a San Juan team would be amazing. Wouldn't would, you, would, you, would you agree? In Puerto Rico, put a, a team in San Juan?
1: Be awesome if it was in San Juan. There's been talk also of, like, Monterey, Mexico. There's been talk of Mexico City. Like, Major League Baseball is looking to expand and looking to expand fairly recently. Rob Manford last week said he wants to expand the league by a couple of teams. And I'm not going to lie to you. It's time to do it. Hey, guys, we're going to take a quick little break. When we come back, our man Joe Giglio is going to be joining us. We're going to be talking about NFL futures and, of course, the quarterback shuffle that's been taking place in the NFL. All that and more right here on 670 The Score. Welcome back to 670 The Score. Early odds. Cody Decker in for Joe Ostrowski. We were talking all things baseball just a few minutes ago. Taking you through the futures market and, of course, through today's slate of games. But I already teased it earlier. We got my man Joe Giglio. You can hear him every day on the weekdays, of course, on BetQL Daily. I actually had a wonderful time, Caesar actually. Filling in for Joe O over with Joe G over there on BetQL Daily this week. And he's joining me right now. Hey, Joe. We talked a lot yesterday about the entire Brown situation and the entire now Panthers situation and how it's affecting the odds going forward. Hey, just out the gate, how excited are you for some more Baker Mayfield in a new uniform?
0: Well, if it gets us less Baker Mayfield commercials, maybe that's the best thing for everyone. But now I'm starting to, <laughs> I'm starting to wonder, Cody, if we're going to get more Baker Mayfield commercials, like Baker 2.0, just now they're going to put them in Carolina Blue or whatever.
1: To be fair, I wouldn't mind seeing a sequel series of Baker at home in a new stadium like he just rented this new shack in Charlotte and it's not going well.
0: You know what? And the best part of it, like if they do commercials where he's on his way to the stadium but he's getting lost and he's all frustrated, there's something here. There's there's definitely a a 2.0 version of the Baker Mayfield commercials. It's there just for some executives out there to figure
1: out you know as before we get into the weeds in this and everything that's taking place just what what is your immediate takeaway from the trade and basically this entire mess that's taking place in Cleveland I mean do you think this is going to be salvageable for Cleveland this season at all
0: I don't it, it's funny somehow the browns have made baker mayfield the victim and the good guy in this and and baker's not a bad guy obviously especially in the context we're talking about the other quarterback there now but, you know, he's not the most likable character. He's kind of been annoying, and he hasn't maybe been the best teammate. Yet he looks great in all this. Like, I think if you're picking sides here, you're like, hey, I'm, I'll take Baker Mayfield's side of this thing. And as far as the Browns go, Cody, it's they're embarrassing. I mean, it, it really is, considering a couple of years ago they were, you know, maybe a quarter away from upsetting the Chiefs and going to the AFC title game. Tough year last year. Baker didn't play well. He got hurt. And you know what? It's, it's fair to be worried about his future. But they basically sold their soul to get a star quarterback. And that star quarterback, Deshaun Watson, I don't think he's going to play at all this year. And how many times in pro sports do players take two full years off without injury, not not an injury reason, take two full years off, do nothing, and come back and are just as good or better? It's pretty rare. And I think there's a real chance that this Deshaun Watson thing is never going to work out for the Browns the way they want and They'll just have egg on their face.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm agreeing with you. I think this is just a disaster over there in Cleveland. And also, before we actually get more into this, real quick about Deshaun Watson's contract in Cleveland. Question for it: Do you think that this new guaranteed contract of $230 million, is this a new precedent that's being set in the NFL? Or is this going to be an outlier going forward? Because I do know that a lot of GMs around the NFL are not happy about this deal
0: yeah and the owners too cuz you know it comes right out of their pocket when the guarantee uh, you know is when the contract is signed for the guarantee i you know what i think we're going to find out the exact answer to that cody within the next year or so because if you think about it the quarterbacks that were drafted in 2020 so let's say joe burrow justin herbert um, Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia because he has one less year in his deal, so it's kind of a, a more of a pressing thing, but obviously the first two guys are better players and will command more money. But all those guys are eligible for contract extensions after this season. Let's say they all ball out. Let's say the Bengals go back to the playoffs. Herbert you know, wins an MVP. Hurts takes the Eagles to playoffs two straight years. You know the agents for all three of those guys are like, yeah, we want guaranteed money. Like, what, what, Maybe we're not getting 250 like Deshaun got, but we want every penny guaranteed. It's going to change the NFL and I'm sure everyone around the league is like, are you kidding me, Cleveland? Not only did we, we we break the precedent, we gave it to this guy. So everyone else would be like, at least my guy's a good guy and just as good of a player. It, it's a mess for the NFL.
1: It really is. And right now, the Cleveland Browns, you can curtain get a flyer on them for plus 275 to win the AFC South. Um, they have the third shortest odds behind the Bengals and the Ravens, which I think they would have had regardless, no matter what's taking place. But, you know, in that division, the team that we're not discussing at all is the Steelers and you know I know that they don't look great on paper at the moment but the Steelers always find a way to win they
0: always do and they're I mean Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season as a head coach so just just on that there's some value there like if they could I mean if the trend continues that means nine and eight if you're nine and eight you're on the precipice anyway of the playoffs so maybe they have a real chance and Cody, I think there's some value on jumping on the AFC North now before the suspension comes down because I think all these books are hedging a little bit. They're they're putting the Browns in third, but they're not burying them yet because they don't want to get destroyed here if it's a lesser suspension. And then people you know, have got all these good tickets on the Browns at like five to one. So I think there's a little hedging here by the books, like trying to middle it. Like, all right, he's probably going to get suspended. We're not quite sure how much yet. But I think that leaves some value because when the suspension is announced, when it's official, let's say it's a full year, I think the Ravens go closer to even money or maybe a favorite. Same thing with the Bengals. The Steelers number won't be as good. I mean, maybe it's 6-1, to 7-1 to one out there right now, whatever it is. It probably jumps to 3, you know, plus 350, maybe 4-1. to one. So if you like any of those teams right now, just go take them because, you know, within a couple of weeks or so, we may find out that one team is basically out for the
1: season. Yeah, and right now the Steelers, I'm seeing them right now as 9-1 to one, as we currently speak. But here, here's a question I got for you, Joe, and what, specifically about the Browns. Say the suspension comes down and they announce a one-year suspension. What is that going to do to the odds? Because right now they're going to be rolling out Jacoby Brissett. And looking throughout the league, it seems like the only guy they can go get at the moment is maybe um, – uh, Jimmy G over in in San Francisco, but it seems as though no one wants to take on that money and everybody's just waiting for them to release him. Yeah. I mean, just based on that division, how tough
0: it is, um, how, you know, kind of just middling Brissette has been his whole career. If I was making moving the odds, I I would switch them in Cleveland. I would, excuse me, switch them in Pittsburgh. I would put them in the nine to one spot. if If we knew it was Brissette the entire season. Now, a Jimmy G trade, I like Jimmy G. I think he's a winning quarterback that could give them a little jolt in the arm. I actually, they could be hilarious if, after all this, they trade for Jimmy G. Jimmy G. gets healthy, takes the Browns on a run, and then no, no one in Cleveland actually wants Deshaun Watson a year from now. I think that would be just the, the, the funniest thing if, like, he gets replaced by this guy that no one wanted anyway. But I, I would drop them way down. I, I think we could see them in the six to seven to one range uh, if they lose Watson for the whole season.
1: You know, looking forward, uh, taking a look over at Baker Mayfield in Carolina. You know, over the NFC South. I mean, right now. In my opinion, and correct me if you disagree, it seems just like a one-team division of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know everyone's expecting something out of the New Orleans Saints, but I see them as a question mark right now, and currently the Saints are at plus 380 to win their division. Uh, Carolina Panthers, are they're 10-1. to 1. They're, they're, I guess everybody's virtually giving them no chance. In fact, Matt Rule is uh, has the shortest odds on first uh, head coach fired this year, uh, and the Falcons are flat-out trying to lose is there any shot Baker can really take this team to a potential spot of a playoff chance?
0: Yeah, I think a playoff chance is possible because the NFC is kind of weird. You know, you, you kind of, you try to get down towards who do you think to be the sixth and seventh seed in the playoffs. And you're kind of in the weeds there. I mean, we're talking about the Vikings with Kirk cousins about maybe the lions make it a jump this year in year two of Dan Campbell, the, the NFC West, there's questions about Arizona. Does Kyler Murray still want to be there? Is that thing going to blow up? So, and, and then Seattle is going to take a big step back without Russell Wilson. So I'm not ruling out someone surprising us. And maybe it's Carolina and, and getting to nine wins and, and pushing for a playoff spot with the seven teams that get in. I think that is possible. But as far as the division goes, I think those odds are accurate, Cody, unless Tom Brady has some sort of catastrophic injury, which he almost, you know, he has had said once, and that was, you know, 15 years ago. Uh, this is a joke of a division. It's, it's crazy. Like, I don't know if it's like wizardry, you know, of Tom Brady this was the AFC East for almost the whole time he was there. The AFC East they all were just all terrible teams and they had six free wins a year the Patriots beating up the Jets and the Dolphins and the Bills and you know the Bills took them the last couple of years to figure it out with Josh Allen but for the most part that whole run Brady had was just trash teams around him in the AFC East and he goes to the AFC the NFC South and that first year you know the Saints were good and they played in the playoffs but now look at that division it's a total mess. I mean, you had those other three teams all tried to get Deshaun Watson. They failed. And now they're sitting in the aftermath of it, of Baker Mayfield, of Marcus Mariota. I can't believe we're doing this again with him as a starting quarterback. <laughs> and, and like you said about Atlanta, I, I mean, Atlanta, this might be the most obvious tank in the NFL. I mean, they're, they're just not playing it for this year at all. So it's a boring division to bet in terms of who wins it. But it is interesting to see if one of those three teams, the other ones, probably Carolina, has a chance at the playoffs.
1: And lastly, Joe, uh, we we know the Bears are gonna are they're currently sitting eleven to one to win their division. They're they giving them virtually no chance. But you mentioned the the Detroit Lions. Do you think they take a step forward this year with Dan Campbell? Because I think they do. Yeah, I like
0: them, and I think their schedule favorable. Uh, last year, if you kind of go through the weeds of it, they were in a lot of games, and typically young teams are in a lot of games. They improve a little bit the next year, and maybe they'll close out some of those games. I would take a flyer on them to finish second in the NFC North, maybe fade uh, my guy Kirk Cousins a little bit uh, and the Vikings with a new coach. I I think the Lions are live to be a decent team. It would not shock me if they're in the playoffs. And um, Look, Dan Campbell is going to be on hard docks. Everyone's going to fall in love with this guy. If they go out there and start winning some football games for the first time seemingly in a long time, uh, they're going to be a fun team. And, yeah, I I think they are – the second best team in that division uh, right now. And that's, you know, big gap between them and, and Green Bay, clearly. But I, I would think they have a real chance to, to make a playoff run.
1: Well, I agree with you on Dan Campbell. Even I want to go out and win football games for Dan Campbell right now. Uh, Joe G., you are the absolute man, one of the very best in the industry. Make sure you check him out daily on BetQL Daily on the BetQL Network. Joe G., thank you so much for joining me on Early Odds, man. You got it, Cody. Talk soon. The absolute best right there, Joe G. Guys, we're going to take a quick little break. When we come back, we got our man Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racetrack. We're going to talk some horses right when we come back here on 670 The Score. 670, the score, early odds. Cody Decker in for Joe Ostrowski. Thank you so much for joining me. And we are in for our last segment of the day. And we're going to go straight over to the phones. We got Jim Miller from the Hawthorne Racetrack coming in to talk about the ponies. How you doing, brother?
3: I'm doing good, Cody. Yeah, it's a crazy time of season right now, not only at Hawthorne, but kind of throughout the industry. Because at Hawthorne, we shifted over to the start of our harness meet. But throughout the industry, now you're starting to see some of these big summer races come up. Some of these big summer three-year-old races come up. And what that means is a return of some of these horses that were racing in the Kentucky Derby, making their first starts back after the Derby. And we're going to see that at Belmont Park today. So it is. It's kind of nice to see. It's exciting to see how these horses are going to progress as the season moves on.
1: I like it. Hey, Over at Hawthorne, what nights are the races actually taking place?
3: Yeah, so at Hawthorne right now, we're racing every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night for our harness season. We started just a couple of weeks ago. We start at 7.15 p.m. But it's one of those things that's really been kind of nice through the harness season because you get those nice evenings, you can go outside, the races start and finish right in front of the crowd, and then you have that ability to just sit there, enjoy the racing product. If you want to wager on sports, you can do so as well. So there's a lot of action going on each and every weekend. This is going to carry all the way into the second week of September.
1: I like it. Hey, and on top of that, tell me this. As someone like me, I'm I'm a I'm a horse racing novice. I used to go to racetracks when I was a bit younger, and I would just be, you know, the dumb guy who was just betting on his lucky number. What are the best things for a guy like me to look for when uh, betting on a race
3: bet? Well, of course, you always want to make sure that you have the ability to make a little bit of money, but the way you can do it on the harness <laughs> and have an enjoyable night, and not have to spend a ton of money, but make a little bit of money, is maybe focus on those guys who are your best drivers, because drivers in harness racing is really a lot like drivers in NASCAR. You see the same guys that are always near the top each and every week, and a lot of that happens in the harness industry, too, because these are drivers who really have to make the moves at the right time. They have to time things out and make that determination on if they have enough horse to get there to the wire. So you focus on those top drivers, guys like Casey Leonard, Kyle Wilfong, Kyle Houston, guys that are always right there in the money, and then if for you, like you said, if you're a novice better, go out there and just place $2 to win place and show on one of these horses that they drive, and odds are you're going to have a successful night and maybe even go home with a little bit more money in your pocket than you came with.
1: Tell me about the locations on where you could place these bets.
3: Yeah, so at Hawthorne Racecourse, we do have our location there at 3501 South Laramie, but here in Illinois, we have 16 Club Hawthorne OTB locations, so they span all the way from Rockford all the way down to Bloomington. So if you're looking for somewhere to place your wagers, anywhere close by you, you should be able to find multiple locations. We open early with all of these locations, too. They open around 10 a.m. They open all the way through the last race of the night. So you're looking upwards of midnight to be able to place your wagers. But for any of our OTB locations, they not only cover the races from Hawthorne Racecourse, but races across the country as well. And if you're looking for international racing, Cody, you can get the Club Hawthorne app. Download that and you can bet all of the international racing that's offered throughout the world. So there's really so many options right there at your fingertips.
1: You know, on on top of that, listen, I've been here all day giving guys as many picks as I possibly can today, but I'd be lying if I said I had any
3: horse picks, tell me, you got (laughs) some picks for me today. We always have some picks. And the one thing that we've been doing is we've been on a roll of late. So that's something where hopefully we can keep things going. There's three races to look at today. Like I mentioned earlier, Cody, We do have a Kentucky Derby horse that's coming back. So Belmont race number nine. This is the Belmont Derby on the turf course. The nine horse tis the bombs, the horse you want to bet across the board. This was a horse that finished ninth in the Kentucky Derby but was running on late and could be a factor. And then if you go over to Indiana Grand, race 12 is the Indiana Derby. Bet the six horse, rattle and roll across the board. And then we always have to give a Hawthorne pick. So Hawthorne race course tonight, race six. Bet the two, marvelous mystery. This is a young horse but has raced well each and every time out. I love it. I absolutely love it. Hey,
1: somebody hinted to me that you're a baseball guy. Are you a Southside fan or are you a fan of the North
3: Siders? So I am a Southside fan, which has made things oh, no. very tough so far following throughout the course of the season. The one thing I found amazing, though, Cody, when you're looking at odds to win the division, the White Sox for so long, were the favorite to win the division. Now you're looking at the Twins as the favorite. If you're still a believer in the White Sox, who are six games back right now, you can get almost two to one odds to win the division. So, hey, they can turn things around as they get healthy. You just have to hope they can do so. Just a, just a double tap on that one, um, keep in mind, this team does have
1: a very favorable schedule going forward. They have six Not games there. against the Twins before the All-Star break, and again, they're only four, I'm going to say it again, they are six back of the Twins as we speak. I don't expect this team to be in mm-hmm. first place by the All-Star break, but if they can get within four games or within three games by the All-Star break, I will feel a little better about
3: the White Sox going forward. Yeah, I would think so, too, and we looked at this division at the start of the year, and everybody thought it was going to be a runaway for the White Sox, 91 to 93 victories. Well, again, looking at the division right now, I think 85 to 86 wins could be enough to win the AL Central, so it's one of those things where you really just have to play a little bit above 500 ball if you can close out things before the All-Star break really well, and if they can do so in the second half, at least we're going to have meaningful games that last month of the season. Absolutely. On top of that, uh,
1: you just said something very important. You mentioned their odds at the beginning of the season. I talked about it at the beginning of the show. They had the second shortest odds to win the World Series at the beginning of the season. And currently, they're nowhere near even the top 10, nor should they be. But again, this team has everything on paper to eventually win this division and do well in the playoffs. But man, they are just not putting it together. And I do think something needs to change over there.
3: I do think something needs to change as well, and I guess that's the biggest question, Cody, is if they're going to make that bold move. And the question is, does the bold move come from something out of the front office when you're looking at anything in the coaching staff, or does it come with the move of a player to try to shake things up? I mean, We're going to find that out over the course of about the next three weeks, but I agree, if you want to shake things up, everything's really been kind of sleepy on the south side more than anything else. They do need a wake-up call, so we'll be curious to see if they do make that move and get that wake-up call for the second half.
1: I'm gonna throw something at you real quick. How would you feel about this if your your White Sox were able to get their hands on the trade deadline on Wilson
3: Contreras? Go for it for sure. That's been That's one. what day. I would do. One position where where they've been struggling, and they've been struggling just to get any type of production. I mean, it was a huge contract for Grandal. Now he's working his way back through the minors for rehab here. Zavala's actually hit the ball pretty well. He's hitting three eighty five since his return to the Sox, which mm-hmm. has been pretty nice. Reese McGuire's good defensively, but again, if you want a guy that you can plug in the lineup that's really going to be dangerous, Wilson Contreras is a guy that makes all the sense in the world. You know he loves the town, so they've made these trades before from one side of town to the other. I would love to see it.
1: And also, you got to keep in mind, he's the only guy on that list of all the catchers who just said that, just caught a World Series a few years ago. Hey, uh, I can't thank you enough, Jim, for joining me. Check out Jim in the Hawthorne Racetrack. Jim, thank you for joining me on Early Odds and 670 The Score. You got it. Good luck. Thank you. Good luck to you as well. And good luck to your White Sox guys. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a very fun show. Hey, C's, this has been a blast. Thanks for joining me today, man.
2: It's been fun, Cody. It's been fun. Uh, chaos, but fun.
1: Oh man, how, how you doing back there? Playing all the turntables, getting everything ready to go.
2: Maybe I should have went into DJ, and I'm not sure.
1: I'm not gonna lie. Hey, dude, DJ DJC's? You kidding me? You got <laughs> that, any of that, that noise of sound effects? Sees, bah, 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 bah. I, I gotta gotta roll with that, right? Yeah, dude, DJC. Let's bring it out of the. Let's bring him out of retirement. Let's put you in like some sweet neon shades. Maybe a visor. Yeah, bring back the visor. I'm big on visors. Guys, this has been Our Early Odds here on 670 The Score. It's been Cody Decker filling in for Joe Ostrowski. He'll be back next week. Thank you so much for letting me play in your guys' sandbox. Thank you to Mitch Rosen. Thank you so much to 670 The Score. And, guys, you can check me out tomorrow right here on 670 the Score as I'm back for more Down the Line with Cody Decker brought to you by Circuit Resort and Casino. But this has been Early Odds. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful Saturday afternoon in Chicago, guys. That's it for me. Beat it.